killed Jezebel. It was Jehu. <laughs> what a cool guy. Read Jehu. This is so crazy. Alright, anyway, Jehu killed Jezebel. So what you gotta do, if you wanna kill that Jezebel spirit. Oh, Jezebel? Your time is up. It's time for you to leave this house. You gotta go bust a war room on this thing. Alright? God had to raise up a man or a woman in spiritual context that was above lust, above immorality, and lived in holiness. The eyes are very powerful, as you can see with Samson. Saw a harlot, slept with her. Um, he gouged out the eyes because that's the, where the thing was coming in. This is what Jehu did. Uh, this is, you got to read these stories. These stories are crazy. 2 Kings 9.30. So I'll, I'll tell you the story. Jehu comes on the, hor the horses of Jehu. They come up to the Tower of Jezebel. Whoa. <laughs> right? I don't know if he's wearing a Zorro mask or what he's doing. He comes up and then he says, Jezebel, where are you? And then, Je then Jezebel adorns herself. He's like, all right, let me see if I can get this dude to sleep with me because I can get everyone else to sleep with me. So she comes up, and then Jezebel's like, oh, is that you? Huh? And then she's like adorned. I don't know what she looks like. She probably looks like a freak. But let's say she doesn't look like a clown, right? Let's say she looks like that one girl everyone says is hot, which more than often, she probably looks more like that than a clown, honestly, like to make the Satan, what Satan does. She probably looks like the most sexually desirable woman that a man has ever seen. And then she comes up and she looks out the window. And then she says this too. She says, have you come uh, in peace, Zimri, murderer of your master? The first thing he hits Jehu with is manipulation. She adorns herself so that she looks beautiful and sexual and anything that a man would want. And then she looks out and then hits him. Didn't you kill your leader? And then guess what Jehu says? Jehu says, whew, that's one hot girl. No, he doesn't say that. He don't say that. He don't go like, oh man, I didn't mean to kill my leader. It's just that my leader was doing this and then I killed him and then all this other stuff. He didn't even say that. Guess what Jehu did? He's so above reproach He's so in line with the Holy Spirit. He has so much conviction in him. He looks to the eunuchs and says, the eunuchs are this. Just, I'm going to get graphic because we're in relationships. The eunuchs have their, their prostated. They have their balls cut off. And the only thing they do as men is protect, the, is protect Jezebel. They can't even lust anymore. because they, they can't even do it. They can't even do that thing anymore. It's gone. That's what they do as eunuchs. That's what kind of warriors... Jezebel has. We're consecrated for God. These eunuchs are consecrated to protect Jezebel. Jehu comes up and says, who among you are with me? And then two, two or three of them say me. And he, they say, toss her out of the window. And then they toss her out of the window. And then the, Je the horses of Jehu trample her. And then it's prophesied that she'll be eaten by the dogs of the street that she won't even know Jezebel existed anymore. And that all happens. 
The number one thing when you go against Jezebel is you've got to have holiness as a very big priority. Honestly, in this generation, I wouldn't even jack with anything immoral. Like, I don't even look like looking at them half-naked bench dudes in the mall. Like, they got this um, Kenny Rogers. They, got, they had this one commercial with this dude in a six-pack, and he was eating chicken. And he was like, hmm, Kenny Rogers is so good. And then they had this one model-looking girl coming in there, and she was like, um, Kenny Rogers is so good. I was like, you get away from me, Jezebel. Uh, eat my chicken. It's just good chicken. Like... You got to value holiness so much that if you stood in front of the one thing that tempted you the most in the devil's playground, you would said, who's with me and toss that sucker off the tower. That's how you got to live. And then you got to do this. You got to have so much holiness. You get your horses and you trample on that thing. Huh? This is what you take, Jezebel. And then you go, you know what it says? It said it took the dogs and licked the skull and the bones. Completely gone. You can't even, there's not a trace of her. That's how badly you want to have holiness. If you want to be any kind of voice in this generation, you got to live like Jehu. You, there's no lukewarm Jehus in this generation. Maybe before the internet came in, we can kind of get away with it. Right now, it's on. The devil is coming so fierce, you got to live like Jehu. Jehu's like this. If you want to know Jehu, he pulled back his bow when he was going to kill somebody. He stretched it farther and stronger than he ever did. Then it shot through the person's body when it hit him. That's how convicted he was to destroy darkness. Any, any immoral, any wickedness, any lust, any greed, Jehu's sword destroyed it from the land. That's how you got to live against holiness when you, got, when you fight against Jezebel. All right. The next one is... Um, Live above reproach. All right, here's the next one. John the Baptist. I'll go into John the Baptist. How did John the Baptist survive Herodias and live above reproach? And so it says here, Matthew 11, they said that John the Baptist uh, died. And then um, uh, John the Baptist, uh, Jesus was talking about John the Baptist. I could have that out chronologically a little bit. But ultimately, Jesus then states John the Baptist is the greatest man that was ever born of a woman. And then he does say that the least in the kingdom is greater than him, because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But then he says this one line. He says that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You got to live in such a way that the holiness and the purity and the love for Jesus, you take violently in your life. You have to fight for your holiness with Jesus Christ. You have to overcome for your first love in who Jesus is. That's how John the Baptist lived. And one of the ways that I see Jesus talking about John the Baptist is that he was a man of humility, but he was a man that knew how to fight for holiness. He was one of the greatest men ever born of a woman, the greatest man ever born of a woman, which at this point is everybody before the Holy Spirit, which is, you got Moses, you got Elijah, you got a lot of people before John the Baptist. And then he's saying that John the Baptist lived a lifestyle where he violently fought and he took the kingdom by force. All right, this is what I was talking about in Judges 16, 
28, if you're looking for um, another way that you could end a destructive relationship, let's say you're in it. If, if you're so caught up in a destructive relationship and you can't pull out, it's not like you just like stop talking to them or stop messaging them or something. If it's like conquered your entire heart, you got to do what Samson did. Samson said this when he had his eyes gouged out and then he was about to dance like a monkey in front of everybody. Oh Lord, God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me. I pray just this once, oh God, that I may with one blow take out vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. You got to look to God and be real with your life and go like, this demon of darkness has ravaged and destroyed my life. Oh God, remember me and strengthen me so that I could completely destroy it. That's how you destroy a bad relationship. Not the person. That might look a little different when you talk to the person. But to darkness, that's how you take it. To the devil trying to lie to you in a Delilah spirit, a Jezebel spirit, a Herodias spirit, you got to look to God and say, Oh Lord, remember me, strengthen me, and let me with one blow destroy this thing. And I, honestly, in my life, I've seen that happen too, in a lot of ways. Not everything, some of it's other stuff. But then I've seen God redeem situations in my life that I jacked up so much, but he saved it in one blow. And the secret there is a poor in spirit. It's you're completely devoured by the love of Jesus Christ. You, you can't, when you're, okay, here, look. When you got your eyes gouged out and you're a monkey for the Philistines and used to kill them by the thousands, you don't feel so good anymore. The only thing he could do was cry out to God. But here's the thing too. You don't want to get to a place where you're a dancing monkey for the devil. Hey, I'll tell you something, right? When I used to struggle with porn, I used to go watch porn and then the devil used to look at me and say, look what I did with one of your anointed ones. That's all he would say. He would just, I would just hear the devil accusing me to Jesus, saying, this is one of your consecrated ones. This is one of your set apart ones. These are one of the ones that you called to follow you when I got saved. I saw all these encounters at 17. I went to crack cocaine. I came back. He saved me. He's called me back out. And then he's saying, look what I did with one of your called ones. Just stuck on the devil watching porn, lusting all day. Just that accusation. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get you to a place where you feel so low, you're insignificant. Don't let him get you there. This is Song of Songs 215. Catch us, the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. We're going to talk a lot about um, your garden of your heart and how you put the right fences around your garden and how you tend to your garden so that you can be with Jesus fully. But inside of that garden, you get these little foxes. And this is what the foxes do. They try and find the tender grapes. Oh, man, did you see the way that they are? They're so on fire for Jesus. Yeah, that's been about two weeks. Let's go eat that grape. That's a little fox. You got to go 
Catch that sucker. You know what foxes do? They get bigger and fatter and multiply. And then they keep going after all of those new things that the Lord is telling you and swooning you and giving you life on. Those little foxes will just come and eat them. It may not be, let's say for some of you, may not be you're stuck on porn, but it could be maybe you have a little fox of slander running around. Catch that little fox, stick him in a trap, and then burn it or, or leave it out in the, for, the forest or something, whatever. Put it on the cross of Jesus. But that's the idea. I want you to think about, for some of us, I'm going to go into a time of prayer, and um, hopefully this thing ain't so loud. So um, go ahead and close your eyes. Just focus on Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we respond to you in such a way that we know that we may, some of us may be dealing with bigger things in a sense of we're deeper into the sin. We might have a Delilah thing on us. We might, um, we might have family members that, uh, that inside of our culture were like Herodias. Or Lord, I might actually be someone that agrees with the Jezebel spirit. And I destroy people's lives when they come near me. And, and you, we have, Lord, I ask that you would, you would soften my heart. And even I feel like for some of you, if you want to repent to Jesus right now, then in your own language, then just go ahead and repent. If you are someone in your life that whether they are a young believer or they are someone in your church or they are someone even here, and then you started destroying their destiny or you started acting in this spirit of slander and gossip, of dissension, of trying to separate people, or a greed and lust, and all these things started coming out, then just go ahead and repent to Jesus. You go ahead and um, just, you whisper it, you can yell it, whatever it is that you're saying. But the important thing is, is that you talk to God and you confess that sin to Him. Lord, I ask that you, would, um, that you would rise the waters of conviction, God. Lord, sin is so terrible. The fact that at the end of this age, there's a harlot that will be sipping on the cup of every blaspheme, slander, gossip, and, and abomination of you, God, and giving that to the whole world as pleasure like wine, and they're getting drunk on it. God, I don't want to get, I don't want to be part of any of that, Jesus. Lord, we want to be like Jehu. God, we want to live like John the Baptist. But we want to have friendships where we're like Jonathan, God. Lord, I ask that you would reveal more and more in our hearts things that you want to purify and things that you want to prune in our garden. I just saw um, God turning... Um, a vision, I saw a vision of some of us having tongues of gold. And I feel like, um, I feel like some of you can actually sense, like when you're talking, you could sense if you start slandering and gossiping or destroying someone's reputation. And God's heart, His vision for your life is that your tongue would be a tongue of gold, completely purified like Jonathan standing for honor and righteousness, like John the Baptist standing above reproach. And so Lord, I ask that you would just, that you would burn on our tongues right now, God, the same way that Isaiah 
You sent a seraphim down with coal and you touched his lips and the words that came out of his mouth were now holy and pure. Lord, I ask that you would just do that right now. If that's you, if you sense like the Holy Spirit has put something on your tongue right now, like he's saying, I wanna, I wanna make your tongue a tongue of gold. And um, it doesn't mean that you're str sl uh, struggling with slander or something, but it could mean that you know that there's an extra level of depth that God wants to do with your tongue. And you don't want it to just be lukewarm, you want it to be hot on fire. That every relationship you get into, you have this fiery tongue for Jesus and others. Um, go ahead and why don't you stand up and um, just lift your hands up to God as you're receiving like a coal, like a hot coal from God. And so Lord, I ask that for these that are standing up, God, just go ahead and uh, open up your hands. And Lord, um, I just prophesy over all these ones, God. As it says in James 1, that if you can control your tongue, then you can control your whole body and you can be perfect. Perfect like your Father in heaven. Lord, we just prophetically declare your Holy Spirit coming in with coals and touching our lips, God. I just, I sense that the Holy Spirit's going to give you an incredible sensitivity that what comes out of your mouth is going to be pure and holy. And he's going to give you a conviction. He's going to give all of us a conviction that when we say something wrong or out of spirit, to repent and turn. And we're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. And that's the grace of God melting our hearts. So Lord, we ask that you would melt our hearts even more and more and more. God, we ask that you would even, I feel like there's some language that we might have that God wants to remove from our language in total. And so Lord, we just repent of any language or words that we say that no matter what, they'll never be edifying. They can be curse words like raka. They can be um, things of gossip and slander that we might bring up against our own brother and sister in church or family or whatever it is. And the Lord says, I want it out of your system. He's gonna rise the fire up and kick it out of your system in conviction and just let him kick it out. That, that conviction and sensitivity is good because it's easier to let it go of your life. When the fire is up and the conviction is there, it's easier to let go. So Lord, we just ask for a burning conviction on our tongues right now as a body, God, as a community, as a family, Lord. you guys um since we're talking about the tongue thing and relationships why don't you guys talk with each other uh it's small groups not super big but i want you to talk about words that you say that you know god is saying you need to take out of your language i don't know what they are they could be in tagalog sabuano they could be in english but they're just vocabulary they're phrases they're things that every time you use it it's always in something destructive and it can come out in any way. And so just go ahead and turn to your neighbor 
and then just start talking about uh, taming each other's tongue. Um, if the Lord isn't moving so much in that area, then just talk about what God's talking to you about specifically and how you get it. Uh, how you're going to go about it and pray for each other. Um, but go ahead and talk with each other. But if you also sense like you really just want to talk to God right now, then you could also go, you could also do that too and just talk to Jesus. So um, you got some options basically.